Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dale's Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz. I'm joined by my dude Tony, aka Tony on Tap, and we're here to recap the Chicago White Sox loss to the Minnesota Twins 5-4. to Before we do that, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap, at on Tap Sportsnet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us five-star rating and review because that's cool and tough and if you need any white Sox gear check out grandstand they have a great white Sox and chicago sports selection you can follow them on socials at grandstand socks or visit grandstandsocks.com tony we, we we lost uh five four in depressing fashion that's a bummer pun intended mm-hmm. um why why does that tweet not get more likes when people like tweet out that's a bummer cuz Johnny was on on keyboard control I've tweeted this before too that's a bummer I just feel like that play on words should be more well received uh, maybe the the air in the room was a little uh, uh just uh, tense tonight uh but I felt like that one was funny Oh yeah no T- Twitter's on fire right now and you know there's a a lot of stuff going around and we're going to get into it for sure. Um, a lot of, <laughs> yes, uh, we are. And I'll, I'll see you of, on the other side of that, man. <laughs> yeah. A lot of opinions, a lot of uh, upset fans, a lot of fans that are, you know, have, have their opinions on why they think it's right or why it's wrong. Um, but before that, we need to get into a most important part and that's the white Sox end up losing tonight. That's, that's what happens. That's what we're here to talk about. It's post game. Um, Sox end up losing five to four after holding the lead for much of the game tone. The Sox get started off early with uh, everybody's favorite player, Jake Lamb, batting second in the lineup tonight. He goes goes yard. (laughs) He goes yard in the first inning to uh, right field. Sets the tone early for the White Sox after just a dominant performance on Monday night against the Twins. Um, You know, and, and on Lance Lynn's back tonight, too. You know, Lance Lynn, he goes six innings. Five hits, two runs, both of them earned. Uh, one walk, two strikeouts from Lance Lynn tonight. But he he ran into a guy that was uh, was pretty hot tonight. Uh, and I think that's uh, kind of an understatement. But three home runs in a game, no matter who you are, is, is pretty cool and tough. Yeah. Unfortunately, we were on the opposite end of that. But Miguel Sano, out of the Twins' nine hits, had three of them. And they were all long balls. So... You know, the scoring in this game wasn't anything crazy. I mean, like I said, the Sox go up one nothing really early. You know, uh, guys getting on base, making things happen. Um, unfortunately, the runners in scoring position, which is something that you uh, talk about quite often when the Sox don't uh, capitalize on it, that, that kind of hurt us a little bit. The Sox end their scoring in the top of the third inning, and that comes off of a 
Jake Lamb being hit by the pitch. Mankata scores him on a double to right center. Um, and then Grandal comes up with Mankata on second, and he homers to right field. And that'll get the Sox to 4 nothing, and they don't score again. Rest of the game. Well, your offense can't go dormant, Buzz. I, I mean, that's been a problem with this team before. We've seen it happen. Uh, you get out of the gate a little bit hot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you brought up a few different points here. Uh, number one, I just want to get touch back on the Jake Lamb home run. Like, that's that's so baseball right there. I know we say that's so White Sox so often, but that's so baseball. You get <clears throat> in the pregame looking at the lineup. Uh, and I think, again, uh, kind of the, uh, a read-the-room moment here. Uh, the Jake Lamb thing, um, you know, hitting in the two spot today uh, was was somewhat subject, but uh, we've seen Jake Lamb do this once before already, um, and here he is again tonight. Uh, seems to be an early inning guy uh, for for Tony Larusa here early. Um, been able to you know put up two long balls now in that in that spot. Hey, David Bennett, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, you know, but. You get that, and you get that right out of the way, and then you run into Miguel Sano, the Miguel Sano party tonight, Buzz, and he was, you know, just another one of those classic uh, White Sox killer moments. Uh, anytime you go deep three times in one ball game, Buzz, you know, you know exactly uh, that your team is going to have uh, a chance to win that ball game. We've seen Jose Abreu take over a ball game with home runs. We've seen other players throughout the MLB do this. Tonight was Miguel Sano. And it unfortunately came against the White Sox. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he proved to be a thorn in Lance Lynn's side here tonight because um, two of those bombs came off of him, and you know, uh, another one comes off a bummer. And you know, I, I kind of want to touch on that because, like I said, it was pretty dormant for the most part until more. We're just gonna get right into it because fuck it, there's no avoiding it. Um, I believe it was a seventh inning, Tony, if I'm, if I'm correct and I am correct. I'm wrong, actually. Close. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I got to find the fucking inning, but anyway, we get into, uh, I'm sorry. God damn. (laughs) I'm I'm freaking out right now. We drink when we have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, exactly. It was a seventh thing. Um, you get Duffy who throws a pitch behind your mean Mercedes here. Okay. And obviously it's retaliation for Mercedes hitting pimping that home run. And it's not really pimped it, but he fucking hit a home run, you know, last, uh, on Monday night, I must keep saying last night off a position player there and, and, and uh, pissed off the twins and it pissed off Tony La Russa, uh, who said that he was trying to tell your mean Mercedes to take the pitch. Mm-hmm. Now this has been a very controversial topic. This is, this is a national. This is a national topic here. They're, they're, everybody's talking about this. Well, right, and people have their opinions on it. And at the end of the day, you don't know baseball if you didn't think that something was going to transpire. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I think. Yeah. I think. I think that there was definitely that something was going to transpire there. Number one, uh, if we go back yesterday when the White Sox were absolutely shellacking, I know you love that word, shellacking, I love shellacking. Uh, the, the Minnesota Twins, they they put in a guy that throws 47-mile-an-hour meatballs right over the plate for a guy like Yermin Mercedes. And guess what Yermin Mercedes is going to do with it? I gave him the same pitch fucking twice. <laughs> he gave everybody the same pitch. It was a lot, man. I mean, it was BP 
less than BP. Like it, it was, it was there for you. It's on the tee. You could, you could not have thrown the ball slower and made it over home plate. Right. And your mean took it and he fucking nailed it. And I love, I loved it. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm in this mindset this year. And I don't know if it's like the whole marketing campaign or just the, the personalities on this team where I'm all into it. Like, you know, fuck, fuck them up foot on the throat. Yeah. Just, just make them feel bad. Like you, they've made us feel bad for years. That's yeah, what yeah, I want. Exactly. I'm, that, I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred percent behind you on that. And I want to, I want to state that before we go further into this, because obviously we we're going to, we were going to go here tonight. Um, right. I want to state that like I am, behind stepping on any opponent's throat. It doesn't matter if it's the Minnesota Twins, the Kansas City Royals, the Chicago Cubs. It could be the Boston Red Sox. It could be the New York Yankees. It could be any any fucking team that the White Sox play. I am all about stepping on the throat of your opponent and making them feel it a little bit. I I, I feel like you should. If you're playing a sport, you, you should do that. You should absolutely take every opportunity that you possibly can to score every single run to do anything. Because the one thing about baseball buzz is we've seen it before where you've had a team that is up by a massive amount of runs, take their foot off the gas. And in the bottom of the ninth inning, the wonderful thing about baseball is that there is no time limit to this game. There is no set ending. You have those three outs to work with. And you can work with one out and score nine runs. You could score a hundred runs. That is possible within the game of baseball for anything to happen as long as there is one out left. Yeah, it might be improbable. Right. It might be improbable, but that is one thing that I love about this game is that there is no time limit. And I can I can spin that into other things about you know trying to shorten this game and trying to do other things with it to to make it more appealing. But the one thing that I love about this game, unlike basketball, unlike hockey, unlike most other sports, is there is no time limit and there is no expiration on the clock. And that's what makes every out important. And that's what makes every at bat important. And I, I, I am all for scoring every run that you possibly can in a baseball game. Let me make that very clear here. Oh, there you go. You made it clear. I mean, and, and that's the thing is too, is like where I ran through the scoring for the Sox so fast because getting into this is, is this is what's going to overshadow this game. You're not going to talk about losing this game. You're going to no. talk about what transpired in the game. And then you're going to talk about the lead up to the game and possibly what the aftermath is going to look like. And today, whether or not, I mean, we obviously we're in white Sox Twitter, you know, we, we, we like what I, I like white Sox Twitter. I like being on Twitter. I like getting my news. I like interacting with fans. Sometimes it gets a little fucking hectic for my taste just cause I'm, you know, I'm, all that smoke, like, you know, I just keep that same energy kind of thing with me. Like, you know, I just, I, it's stuff kind of, you're the moon child, man. You you want the, you want the good juju. Right. So it obviously where I'm at is, you know, I put out a tweet earlier because, uh, you know, one of those accounts and he's always been nice to me and I just shout him out real quick. Uh, not Steve C shot guy. He's had some things, right. He's had some things that have been you know, a little under level or on level, whatever. I mean, he seems to be a nice person. So let me say that first, but he put out a tweet early this morning. And as I was at the office, I saw it and I'm like, uh, and I kind of figured that something was going to, whether it was going to be more comments made, but uh, about the situation in general, but he had said that there was a frustration within the clubhouse. Um, 
on Tony LaRusse's end about your mean Mercedes doing that and playing the game the right way and that he will not do that again. Your mean, uh, Tony LaRusse called your mean Mercedes clueless and that he will have a clue moving forward. And your mean Mercedes before Tony LaRusse had said that says, I'm your mean, I'm going to keep playing the way that I play. Mm-hmm. Now, where I kind of look at this is a 28 year old rookie, he's not far off from you and I in age. Um, you know, who's really breaking in, uh, leading the MLB in batting average, you know, who's made quite the name for himself nationally. We've known about your mean Mercedes just because we take these deep dives into what was coming up at the time, you know, because there was nothing else to fucking talk about besides prospects. And I, well, I will say that I understand the era Tony LaRusa comes from. And where he his career gained relevancy and where he was successful was in a different kind of mindset and game than it is today, obviously. And you heard on the post game show with as we were talking about right before we went on air with with Chuck Frank and Ozzy, the different opinions that these guys can have and their takes on it. I again. I don't think he did anything wrong because I look at this team and I look at the personalities and I'm like, these guys want to fucking win and they want to, and this is something we've talked about on this show and other Mm -hmm. people, not even just us, any other fucking show has talked about the mindsets of coming out and being like, we're going to kick your ass. Like Tim Anderson, we want to come out here and whoop these motherfuckers. Lucas Giolito, we want to step on their throats. You know, like these kind of things. You're just kind of getting different vibes between player to between manager. Now, I've seen a lot today of people comparing nine to fives, okay, as relatable to baseball when it comes to your your manager. And I guess you could do that to a certain extent, but at the same time, it's fucking different, and I think we should all acknowledge that a little bit. (laughs) I don't want to see a disconnect between the clubhouse and Tony any more than we've had to hear about before because, quite frankly, Tony, it's fucking tiring. It, it, it's just so, fucking tiring. So here's a here's just a few things just based off of that. Uh, number one, you know, it, Tony Larusa does come from a different era. We're not gonna we're not gonna dispute that. Tony Larusa comes from a different era of baseball. That I also don't think that that should invalidate his knowledge or his opinions on the game uh, as comparative to what we see from White Sox Twitter. And I'll be the first to acknowledge that myself. I'm in no shape, form, or can manage a major league baseball team and the personalities and, and everything that goes with it. Now, was the Tony La Russa hire, you know, a favorable opinion among amongst White Sox Twitter or White Sox fans in general? I think that that's up for debate, and there's very vocal people that did not want him here from the get-go. And one of the reasons behind that, one of the reasons behind that was because of, you know, Tony LaRusa being quote unquote out of touch, I think is the general statement that you want to make or old, with, school. Or old school. One of the general statements that you could make uh, about Tony LaRusa. And, and this was, this was evident with, um, and I saw that the, the Danny Parkins retweet today of Tony LaRusa's statements about Fernando Tatis uh, hitting the, the, the actor, the, the grand slam when his team was up. Uh, and then Tim Anderson's thoughts on this, and this is this is a very this is a very prominent situation in baseball. 
right? This is a very prominent situation in baseball right now because you've got you've got Tim Anderson, who's a young leader on this team, and I call him a young leader because I, I truly believe that Jose Abreu is the driving force behind this. And if you think that Tim Anderson has more pull than Jose Abreu on this team, I think you're you're a little bit wrong. You're not you're not far off, but you're a little bit wrong. I think this is still Jose Abreu's team. Tim Anderson is not the leader of it. I think that uh, Jose Abreu has a lot of pull over uh, some of the core pieces of this roster and Yohan Mancata, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, that they might not be on the field right now, but a lot of this core was brought in here behind the back of Jose Abreu, who is, again, you can go back to Jerry's guy and we know how we all feel about Jerry. That's a touchy subject, but this is, this is Jose Abreu's team still. Right now, at least in, in my opinion, I think that that's still up for debate, and that's a fair debate. We can have it. Um, but if if you go back to this, Tony LaRusso's opinions still are not invalidated just by the sense that he's out of touch. I think that this was just a hot topic. And here we are crossing this bridge as White Sox fans for the first time where you say, here's new school baseball versus old school baseball. And where I where I say that uh, I agree with you in the sense that managing a baseball team at the professional level is a little bit different than your nine to five is because your nine to five isn't on display for the public world to dissect each and every move you make. This is not the first time a, a, a subordinate or an employee or somebody that works underneath a leader has had a disagreement with their boss in their takes. I'm sure you've worked for people that you don't agree with, Buzz. I'm sure I, I sure as hell have. I've had times uh, during my career, and I think most people who listen to this show will have had times in their career where they've disagreed with their boss, but it didn't mean that they hated them or you know they they didn't you know lose the voice of their manager. I want to go back just a few weeks ago here, and you have Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson publicly backing LaRusa on multiple occasions on, on certain topics and aspects. And that kind of gets forgotten as soon as we cross this first bridge, this first bridge where there's really a, a polarization of, of two trains of thought when it comes to this game of baseball. And I think it's okay. I think that, that it's okay for Tim Anderson and Evan Marshall or Lucas Giolito for some of these guys to disagree with Tony LaRusso's aspect and the way he thinks about the game. I think it's okay for them to disagree with that, but I also think it doesn't mean that he's lost the clubhouse. We, we, we have to look at some of the facts here, Buzz. And if we take some of the facts into account, you're, you're a first place baseball team. You are on top of the league in almost every single category that matters right now, wins being number one with a, with a manager at the helm of a team that has been decimated by injuries. If we take Tony LaRusso out and some of the preconceived notions that we went into this with, which were negative, I think as a, as a whole, if we evaluate White Sox Twitter, if you took a poll the day that Tony LaRusso was hired and said, do you favor this decision? I would say the majority would say no. So if we're going into this with a negative connotation on Tony La Russa, and you, you, you put this first bridge that we have to cross together as White Sox fans, 
and you take everybody and you go across that bridge, there's a ton of people who are jumping in the fucking water and saying, I don't want Tony La Russa to manage this team because they didn't from day one, number one, and we're going to disagree with this. I think if we if we really evaluate some of the things that have gone on, we still haven't had a player come out to the media and say, I disagree specifically, explicitly with Tony La Russa's decision here. I am 100% out on him outside of Twitter rumors that we've seen from, from non-verified accounts. And I'm, I'm kind of in Johnny Nani's camp here. If it's not coming from verified true sources and, and, and right there in front of your face, and, and I'll, I'll eat my words if it does happen. If Tim Anderson comes out to the media tomorrow and says, this team has, has, has lost with Tony LaRusso as the manager, I will respect that because I want nothing more than this team to win every single game. I'll respect that. If we really have lost them, if, if Tony's lost the, the team and it, it is a problem going forward, I think that's going to get voiced and it's going to get voiced to the right people because I don't think that the White Sox are as stupid as people make them out to be. Yes, they can make some boneheaded decisions and yes, things can be said to the media. They, be, they can be construed. But all we're going off of right now is a couple of Twitter likes from guys who are supporting their teammate. Yes, you can disagree with your manager and agree with the fact that Yerman Mercedes can hit that bomb and step on the Minnesota Twins' throats. But at the same point in time, I think we've blown this completely out of fucking proportion to the point where we want to see Tony LaRusso fired. That's the groupthink mentality right now, is that anytime we have any dispute, whether it's a loss or a blown call, or you know the players don't agree with the way that he thinks – about the game. We are going to try and exploit it. We are going to, as a society, try and create the most chaos to get the guy that they didn't, or people did not want in there in the first place. So I think that there's a, a, there's some, there's some ammunition on both sides here. Is Tony LaRusso right? No, he's not. And I'll say that right out, right. That's my personal opinion. He's not right but that doesn't make him the wrong man to lead this team. And if you go back and you look at the facts right now, you're a first place baseball team managed by Tony La Russa with two of your core guys on the shelf and some of your bench depth on the shelf. Let's give him a little bit more room to work with here. Is he out of touch on this subject? Completely. That's fine. That's a separate argument than it is. Is he the right man to lead this team? Because as of right now, the results on the field look pretty good. Oh, and that's 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 fair. So my whole thing with this is I'm fucking sick and tired of the Larusa narrative consistently. And what I mean by that is in a year where we're up and we're in first place and we're winning, that'll be the news. But time and time again, it gets overshadowed by a decision that Tony Larusa makes, whether that's on the field or whether what something he says, or whether that's this particular circumstance like you said the new school versus old school baseball thought and it's fucking tiring as a white Sox fan am i calling for his job i'm not calling for his fucking job but i'll tell you something right now handle the shit behind closed doors and don't say one of your fucking players are clueless handle the shit behind closed doors pull the fucking joe girardi route shut the fuck up get it behind closed doors so we don't have this narrative that white Sox. this should just be a loss should just be a loss it shouldn't be more than that where we have to, because I'm not going to fucking hear if I decide to turn on the radio tomorrow, okay? I'm not going to hear about how the White Sox lost. I'm going to hear about this. And it's just a constant fucking reminder. Every time something goes wrong, the Sox success gets overshadowed by fucking controversy. And it's annoying. So, but, but here's the thing that we don't know 
And and this is where I go with with some of this. And here's what we don't know: if if Tony Larusa and Yerman Mercedes are completely fine, they talked it out. He said, "Hey, like I don't like that." And Yerman well, Mercedes says, "Yerman Mercedes and Tim Anderson, and they all know." They all know they're they're. They, I mean, the clubhouse has seemed pretty unified on everything. And if the unification is on hating Tony Larusa, so be it. If that's the driving force that drives them to win the World Series, so be it. It might be. Who the fuck knows what actually goes on in these guys' minds? You know, you can you can go out to the media and have a strategy of how you want to publicly, you know, do things. Is it the right way for them to be in this position right now? No, I absolutely agree with you. Do I want to hear about Tony Russo and unwritten rules of baseball? And, you know, is this guy against this guy? Is Adam Meaton a, a problem in the clubhouse again? Who the fuck knows what's actually really going on behind closed doors here in this? I, I don't know, and I can't comment on it, Buzz. And I'm not going to sit here and speculate and say that, you know, X players against X player or X players against the manager and all this other stuff. If if we don't know, we can we can sit here and try and make assumptions. We can sit here and look at things based on on facts that have come out to the media. We can we can go down this road all day and drive ourselves nuts. There's a million possibilities from the butterfly effect and therefore down onto you can you can do this all goddamn day. We're not going to know. What matters at the end of the day is I think you and I something that we can both agree with is if the White Sox win, that's a good day. If the White Sox lose, that's a bad day. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right on that. And I, I, I agree with it. And like I said, I, I just aired out my irritation with the whole thing. And, I, and I'll continue to do that. As somebody, I mean, again, I don't like to relate it to 9 to 5. I'm in a managerial position. I, I've been so since I was a, a fucking 20-year-old guy, guy. You know, I, So I'll ask, you, I'll ask you a question real Go quick. Ahead. Go ahead. So, you know, if, if you're a manager and you've got a guy that comes up and it's his third week on the job and you tell him to do something that he doesn't agree with and he just blatantly disregards you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about anything that happened on the field. You got a guy who's been working on the job for about a month. This is his first time here and he blatantly disregards you and your whole entire team rewards him for it. What are your first thoughts as a leader there? What are my first thoughts as a leader? Well, yeah, you, you disobeyed what I said. I'm going to have a conversation with you. I can give two fucks about what the team has to say. I'm going to handle it myself, and, and that's it. But I'm also not going to air it out for all of his coworkers or teammates, so, whatever the fuck you want to call it, to, to know what's going on. They can have right. their opinions. That's fine. I don't give a fuck about people's opinions. I never have. I never will. I don't give a shit. But so, so you are you are more pissed off. I'm, I'm just trying to gauge where you're at because this is the first time we've had this discussion. So again, I'm, I'm 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 just gauging where you're at. You're okay with Tony Larusa having a conversation with Yerman Mercedes? Yeah, you are not okay with it being a public spectacle. Is what you're going at. right? Because I feel like it takes away from the magic of the team, and that's what irritates me. I, do I agree with Tony Larusa? Absolutely fucking not. I if I'm the man, swing. Fucking get it out of here. Step on their throats. Show them we're here to, you know, live up to the mantra. We're here to change the fucking game. We're here to be this team that is not only talented, but marketable and successful. And we are going to make baseball a fuck, like you said, steal your work, a spectacle. We're going to make baseball popular because we're going to have exciting games. We're going to have fun on the field. That's what we're going to do. So I'm not, I'm not going to go completely against the fucking grain. I'm going to learn to adapt 
So I'm I'm gonna just you know put a little spin zone type thing on here, Buzz. Maybe go. go ahead, it might me, not be tin, it might it might not be you know tinfoil hat theory. But here we are, as as baseball fans discussing this, and you've got a lot of people who are who are checking into this story because it's relevant. And if you want to erase all the unwritten rules in baseball and let everybody bat flip and there not be repercussions for it. And it's just fine to do all of it. And we all agree that, you know, if you throw a position player out there and he throws the ball and you hit it 400 feet, that's just fine. And the twins aren't pissed off about it. What's driving the energy for you to want to fucking have these discussions right now. I think that the unwritten rule debate might be a great thing for baseball because you've got more people tuned in right now. I saw it when we started this stream. There were more people in here than we normally have for a loss because they want to hear this talk. They want to hear people talk about this. They want there to be debate. Why do you watch and why do you watch UFC? Because you want to see two dudes beat the shit out of each other. You want there to be conflict. We as humans want there to be conflict. That's what draws entertainment. That's the purpose of sport. You go back to the gladiator days, you wanted to see people kill each other. We're still humans. That's still in our nature. The the the, the ability to have debates like this is good. It's healthy. It's great for the sport. And when you have differing opinions, that just drives that type of, of discussion, this type of this type of uh, rivalry. So, you know, you want that rivalry back in sports, some of those unwritten rules and throwing at players and all this other stuff, whether it's, whether it's good for the health of people, whether it's good for anything, some of that, that unknown, you know, the you go back to hockey, man, like you have a cheap shot in the game before the unwritten rule is there's going to be a line brawl. And that's what people tune into because they want to see it. And that's fine. I'm not worried about, you know, driving in for the White Sox views or whatever like that. I'm sure that's going to happen. You're right. People are going to tune into that. It is all it is. I'm not really worried about any of what the Twins' feelings are on that. I'm worried more so about a manager having their players back and not creating, again, How do you, a, the, the, that's, I'll go back to two. You don't know if Tony La Russa had Yerman's back or not. You don't know if this is public you're, spectacle. You're right. You're right. I don't know that. I don't know that. I know how it's perceived and I know what's being talked right. about instead of the success of the team. It's fucking scrutiny around it. And that's annoying as a White Sox fan, at least to me. That is my opinion. I don't give a fuck what Rock Tinfoil had time. Jerry operates under any press is good press. Oh, I'm sure he does. And that's that's fucking fine. But I mean, if this is a whole conspiracy theory to drive in fucking rating, I, I, I will put that past Jerry fucking immediately. I don't believe that for a hot second because I he is. Oh, I'm not saying he's the one behind it all. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that Jerry's the one behind it all. But, you know, like I, I guess hot take here. Give me more unwritten rules that players can break and we can have these discussions that are hard for people to talk about. Because that's what's entertaining. So the more times you have this type of stuff going on, and I'm not saying that anybody's in the right or anybody's in the wrong, but but give me this. Give me this type of talk around sports so we can get to the matters, the, the matters that actually mean something to people. 
for us because it it's going to drive that conversation. You know, for everybody, it matters. Anybody well, no, who's no, a I, fan I, of the game. I mean, for people like you and I that love to talk about this and to have debates on it or just to have cordial conversations about it, whether you agree or whether you don't agree, whatever, that's fine. It's the constant negative narrative that I hate the most. And that's the point that I'm trying to drive to you. That yeah, I no, I, I understand that. I'm trying to take this. I'm trying to take this and, and spin a positive out of it. Well, I know. I see. I'm trying to take this and, and spin a positive out of it. This is this is great discussion for baseball. This is a storyline that we're going to follow, whether or not anybody's in the right or wrong. This is this is good for the game. It encourages discussion. It encourages people to voice their opinions on things, and I think that that's healthy. If everybody just agreed that. It's fine for Yerman Mercedes to do that. This is a non-issue. We don't have this discussion. Well, right, and, and that's totally fair. But this is where the, it gets interesting, even more interesting than it did before. We already talked about the likes from Evan Marshall, Tim Anderson backing him on social media, Yermin Mercedes, that is. And then you go into tonight when he gets thrown behind, um, you know, pitch goes behind him from Duffy, right? After the game, Tony La Russa's asked about it. Uh, he sees nothing wrong with it. Okay. Well. If you want to deflect the heat off of your mean by making the statements with, you know, which we could go, he didn't say he was doing that, but that is something that you can imply or suggest. And that's fair. It didn't fucking work because Jagoff missed him through behind him. And he's all right with that, man. Pick a fucking lane on where you're I don't at. think, I don't, I, I think that, that some people misread that. Honestly, I think that, you know, Tony La Russa goes out and tries to deflect. So, no, I think that, you know, you can't sit there and say that, oh, Tony La Russa tried to go and deflect Yerman Mercedes from trying to get thrown at. No, I know it's possible. I know it's possible. But I I just think that, like, as soon as that was said, everybody wanted to go again and and jump down Tony La Russa's throat and be like, oh, well, he, you know, he tried to deflect this, and that's the only argument, and it still happened. Well, Tony La Russa's not on the fucking mound. He can't throw the fucking ball at Yerman Mercedes. He can do his best to protect his guy. And you want to sit there and say, you know, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. You can sit there and say that Tony La Russa tried to, you know, stave off, you know, Tim Anderson or any player from getting hit, but he, he wasn't on the mound trying to throw the ball. I see the, the, the tweet from Trevor Plouffe coming out there saying, oh, the Twins guys weren't so fucking worried about anything. The clubhouse temperature is great. They're not worried about all this. Why did they feel the need to throw at him? Because they obviously were bothered. There's, and if the there's twins, multiple tweets. If the twins, that, no, but if the twins were bothered by it and then why, tried to play coy and stay silent about it, why, why did they throw behind him? So if I, Tony La Russa was so wrong this whole time, explain to me why he went out there and tried to defend his guys and then everybody, everybody, on, everybody on social media who was in this, you know, Tony La so wrong camp tried to say that, like, well, the twins weren't even bothered by this. And then all of a sudden you get them thrown behind it. Well, of course, Tony Roos is going to come to the media and say, well, yeah, I'm fine with the way they handled it. He'd probably handle it the same way. He's old school. That's Tony being Tony. He knows that type of game. And obviously Rocco Baldelli was stupid enough or not stupid enough, had the same mindset to say, hey, go out there and throw at your mean Mercedes because that had to have been ordered. That's the order of operations with this shit. The managers do control that. I had a long conversation with Ozzie Gian Jr. tonight. We knew this; the, the whole thing was going to happen. 
but the, oh, everybody the easiest, with a brain knew it was going to happen. Yeah, the easiest point of attack is to sit there and say, "Well, Tony Larusa couldn't even defend it. He's not a he's he's not a good diplomat." Well, of course he's going to go out there and apologize. And people wanted to say he was lame and weak for it. I agree. I wouldn't want that shit public. If that's a con- if that's a conversation behind closed doors, that's fine. Don't go out there and say you did it. That's a little weird to me. But if if you want to go over Thank to you. Rocco Baldelli after the game in the parking lot and, and say, hey, man, I'm sorry that Yerman did that long game. You know, you know that the White Sox have been, you know, subpar to the Twins for so long. And, and this was a good moment from our team. These are two men. These are two men that played the game. They can exchange words and be fine with it. Tony Russo doesn't have to go to the media and be like, oh, I apologize and, and say that shit. That, that's a whole different discussion. No, but people are not able to separate the two. And that's the problem. People aren't able to separate the Tony did some stupid shit by saying some things, but he was also still looking out for his guys if he did that. And that was the actual intentions. Again, this is all assumptions. So we could sit here and play both of these. But the easier route to take in this whole discussion, because Tony La Russa is enemy number one, is that, well, you know, he just made every wrong move. You can be a leader in trying to do things to better your team and go about things. And I just want to give him that same fair card on the other side of this is that like, hey, man, like maybe he was just trying to save Yerman Mercedes from getting hit in the ass. That's maybe very possible. It's definitely possible. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But this is where I start like losing my shit about it a little bit because, again, I look at him and I go, okay, all this whirlwind started now. He needs to understand today's day and age. Number one, he doesn't have to care about it. The Sox are in first place. They're fucking rolling. They lost tonight, but they're fucking rolling. We barely, we touched on the game a little bit, but I mean, let's be honest. It's the fucking storyline here. I'm yeah. I mean, I'll go back. I'm more concerned that Sox didn't give a hellacious effort and win the game tonight. Right. That's what I, I hate the most too. We, we lost. Cause I really wanted that. I want another sweep against Minnesota. We're not <laughs> going to get it, but whatever. We can still win the series. We'll get into that in a little bit, but again, the fucking spectacle that was made out of everything with all of this. Then he comes out, he says he's okay with it. It's just like, God damn, dude. And, and, and going to Rocco Baldelli, if you don't want your mean to crush a fucking 400 foot home run, don't put a position player in to fucking pitch and punt the fucking game. Fuck you. That's your fault. And if you want to throw yeah. at me, I'll start a whole new school type thing. I, I don't know. This is just me being aggressive and being stupid about it, but okay. You have your unwritten rules. That's fine. I hit the home run because you punted the fucking game. The next day you're gonna throw at me. Guess what, motherfucker? I have a bat. You have a ball. Fuck you. I don't even. I don't even care about that. You know what I love about about this game? If you want to throw at me, take your base. Well, if right. the stack if guys, if the stack guys sit there and say, "I love him because he gets on base," hit that fucking home run, and then take a pitch the next day, wear it, and get on base. It's just gonna up your OBP at the end of the day. Like, and that's where I disagree with the whole, the whole thing and the notion of all of this. You, you can, you can hate Tony LaRusso's decision on it, but you don't have to crucify him for, for standing up for his I beliefs. Get in, I, I want to get into that. I you don't have to crucify that. him for standing up for his beliefs, but you can also sit there and just the same way an employee can tell his manager, Hey, this is a better way of doing things. You may not agree with it. And I think this is better for the organization. And sometimes an employee is going to overstep their manager and it's going to be the best decision that ever happened, A, for the company, for the team, for whatever. That is fine. That is going to happen. 
And yeah, the manager is going to get dinged for that. And yeah, the employee is going to catch some flack for that. That is normal operations within any business, within anything that's, that's it's an organization that has a, a leadership structure. Sometimes the employee is going to make a decision or try and go over a manager's head and do something that they feel is beneficial. 100% behind your Mercedes, hit that fucking ball 10 miles. Well, I, go I, get I, on I base the next in. day and get hit. It's I want to touch in on your it's point better. that you said you don't need to crucify him for bad decisions. Now, I've crucified Tony LaRusso once on this show, and that was the smugness, and you and I talked about it, about the rule with the runner on second. Back at, I can't even remember what fucking series it is now. Um, but you know what I'm talking about when we had Liam Hendricks on second base. You know, obvious, and then the steal with Lurie Garcia. I lost my shit with that because he didn't know the rule. Fegan brought it to him, and he was cocky about it. And when Nani and I were talking about it before we got on post game, he was like, well, I didn't know the rule either. I'm like, well, Johnny, luckily for you, you don't need to know the fucking rule because it's not your job. It's not your fucking job to know the rule, number one. But this circumstance with Larusa, I don't want Tony Larusa fired. I don't want any more fucking dumb shit that's a, a distraction. But I will scrutinize them or scrutinize or we can scrutinize. And I, I want to clarify something. I don't think that I don't think that when you make mistakes, you shouldn't be crucified. If you make a huge mistake, you should be crucified. I feel that this matter is more of opinion and is a more uh, it's a social opinion on the game of baseball but you it's have not a tactic what you said before it's not, it's, it's not a tactical decision right if you make a tactical decision that's on the field that that affects the outcome of a ball game that is up for discussion when it comes to the overarching i don't know what you want to call it the overarching you know state of baseball or the you know whatever this is can't find the word for it i've had a couple beers forgive me. Uh, <laughs> the word will come at some point, Buzz. But when you want to talk about the, the the game of baseball and old school versus new school and all this other stuff, these are, these are deep-seated opinions in people's lives, what the game means to them, how it should be played, how it shouldn't be played. There is, there is a reason that it was played that way when Tony La Russa was, was, playing the game and in his younger days there's a reason the game's played the way it is now Th those are those are just different topics than who did I pinch run for who did I pinch hit for did I make a double switch on defense how did I draw my lineup card up those are totally different discussions that are, are that take place in totally different realms at well, least to me they are and again, that what I was getting to was, is you have people where I said, I don't want LaRusa fired because I don't want another spectacle. I don't want any, any more negative shit around the team because I just want to enjoy winning without all the dumbass fucking storylines, even though it makes compelling content, but I'd much rather be sitting here pounding fucking victory beers laughing because we're winning. That's what I want. People want to push their narratives. Going back to what you said in the beginning of the show. You have the people that hated Tony La Russa from the beginning. You have the people that supported him, or you have somebody like me that's in the middle where I was irritated with the dude, not the no due diligence within the interviewing process. Maybe someone blows you away. Maybe they don't blow you away. I don't fucking know. Give them the chance. But Jerry's mind was made up. He's the owner. He's the one with billions. It's his money. It's not mine. I don't have a fucking choice in the matter. But where I leave that is when he makes mistakes, it doesn't mean somebody wants him fired or, I mean, maybe somebody does, but 
in this circumstance with me, I don't want him fired. I don't want any of that. I want you to have your players backs and I want you to be smarter about it when you go to the press, because this world is driven by social media and whether people love it or whether they fucking hate it, I find myself somewhere towards the latter. Most of the time, I just can't wrap my head around this because the White Sox PR Tony Roos himself is not a stupid fucking human being. He's made bad decisions in his life. I've made bad decisions in my life. I, I, respe- and I respect you, Buzz. I respect you for saying that because there's a lot of people out there that, that want to just cast stones all over the place that, that, that have made bad decisions themselves on this one. And it's a very sensitive subject. I'm not trying to defend anything that he's done, but there, there is a certain sentiment here. That, that I think you see as well. And I think we've all made bad decisions, whether that's, you know, pinch hitting for somebody in the wrong spot or doing something that could put somebody's lives in danger. There, there are bad decisions that are made and we're not going to condone any of that, but people make bad decisions. Oh, that's a human thing. I'll never condone the things that he got put into light for, you know, correct. With, with I, the- I, I, I won't either. With the DUI and all of that stuff. Like, we like to crack them, no doubt about it here on this show, but we usually do it in the comfort of our own home. Uber, whatever the fuck you got to do. Cool, fine, whatever. What I hate the most with this is when we're talking about a situation when it comes into baseball with him making a bad decision or him saying it's not right, he needs to learn the rules of the game, this shit like that, and then people will say, oh, well, you should know the rules of life. It's like, listen, man, you know, I, I've made mistakes myself. And you know all about them. I've been open about them on the show. I've been open about it on Twitter. I've made some horrible fucking decisions until I straightened myself out. It's basically when I had kids is when I really straightened myself out. When it comes to baseball, I just want with Tony La Russa. So I put all the shit that he did in the past and not related to baseball behind me. And I look at what the product is on the field and, and what's going on. Handle it behind closed doors. You know that this world is social media driven. Don't bring negative energy around the team to make us a laughing stock. Let people appreciate what this team has accomplished with, again, to your point that you made earlier, with missing two of your best players. We're down fucking two and a half right now, if you want to say, because Abreu's out this series, and you're still finding ways to score and try to win games. That's what I want the focus to be. Take the Joe Girardi route. Get strong with the media member, because they'll bash you no matter what. They'll bash you no matter what. But get strong with them. Be like, I'm not answering that fucking question. I'm not, I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. I'm handling it because I'm the manager. I'm handling it. I'm not letting you turn my franchise into a joke. And that's more so than anything, whether it's unwritten rules or not. I agree with your mean Mercedes hitting the home run. They want to throw at them. Cool. That's an unwritten rule. That's fucking fine. Fuck you guys. We'll be back. Don't make it a joke. Don't make it a spectacle. And that is my biggest problem with Tony La Russa. Failure to learn because it's happened multiple on multiple occasions this year where we should be talking about a win or we should t- be breaking down a mistake and a loss, but we're talking about a fucking press conference. And that drives me nuts as a fan. That's my personal opinion. It might not be anybody else's. They might hate him for whatever reason they hate him for. They might be even more extreme than I am about this topic with the unwritten rules thing. You believe what you want to believe. You want to believe that a flying meatball is God? Then fucking believe it. That's fine. (laughs) I don't care. Whatever you want to believe, that's fine. Don't make it a spectacle with negative 
energy surrounding everything. So the narrative isn't that the White Sox are whipping ass. It's like they're doing this in this despite of their shitty ass manager. And that's the storyline because when negative energy fills the air, it's, I don't care what anybody says. I know we don't know what's happening in the fucking clubhouse, but we know what's happening in the media. And that's negative energy that will, you know, I can't even fucking find the word. Eventually. <laughs> Dude, there's a, there's a lot of emotions coming yeah. out in this one. Yeah, this, this might be the most emotional and just, you know, deep. This might be the deepest episode of Socks on Tap well, that we've I ever had. That negative but, energy to eventually, because that shit will infect somebody's mind, man. I've told, like, I've told you about the rail. Like when I was there, that negative energy that like, I think I'm a pretty strong willed dude. Like you can kick me while I'm down. I don't give a fuck. I'll get back up. At some point though, in the you know trials anytime you have that negative anytime you have a negative energy or a toxic environment it's a problem i can agree with you right there it gets you man and i just that's something i don't want to happen to this team because we're all human at the end of the day baseball is a game we want them to win because it's our hobby it's something we love it's their jobs obviously but it's something that we love i don't want the negative energy to just bite this team in the ass and be like fuck man well this guy's saying this and this is how we're perceived and then it starts getting into weaker minded players heads where they stop performing so so here's here's where i'm hopeful for this team is that we are overreacting to all of this and in the clubhouse they walked in today they were talking about it the guys know that tony la russa has these feeling towards things they don't agree with it but it's fine. We'll move on. If your Mercedes hits another three-run bomb and gets thrown at, we'll go through this whole rigmarole again. But we can all agree at the end of the day that we're going to win. And I'm, I'm speaking for the players. Again, I'm making assumptions, and this is what I hope. I hope that the team is knowledgeable enough and that Tony La Russa is knowledgeable enough. And, again, we've we've said that Tony La Russa ain't a dumb guy. I don't think that Tim Anderson's a dumb guy. I don't think Absolutely that – I don't think that any of these guys are dumb. I, I think that there is enough here. And for what's gone on thus far during this season, for a lot of people who, who ride on the narrative that Tony La Russa is bad for the team because he's out of touch, because of all these things, I feel like there is a room to operate in the sense where they can respect what Tony La Russa is doing on the field, making the operational decisions that he's made. And they can disagree with the way he feels about the modern game of baseball. I feel like there is a gray area. And again, this is my hope is that that that's where they're operating under and that they've been operating under that same understanding this entire time. And this is no different We've, we've seen them succeed so far. I know tonight was a loss, and I think that that stings more because of what's going on. But yeah, we could have we could have been talking we, we, we could have been talking about a win tonight. We still would be having these same discussions, right. But I think that there is a room to operate in this for the White Sox organization where they can agree that Tony Larusa has good opinions on on, on baseball things that will help this team succeed. He also has bad opinions and no manager is perfect. If this is Tony LaRusso's flaw that he doesn't like that Yerman Mercedes hits three run or hits, you know, three Oh pitches for bombs off of position players. If that is the worst thing that the white Sox have to deal with is that their manager doesn't feel like you should step on your opponent's throat a little bit more. I understand where that can 
trigger some people. But if that's the worst thing that we have to deal with, outside of a couple bunts and some other things that any manager is going to do, if that's the worst thing we have to deal with as White Sox fans right now and have these these hardcore discussions about baseball things, I'm okay with that as a White Sox fan. I am okay with that being the worst thing because I would rather have that than talking about a manager who doesn't know how to handle a bullpen at all is hunched over in the in, in the third game of the play-in series trying to get his team there just over the hump and is completely out of his depth when it comes to that or a former player for the organization trying his first time at manager in, in his career for a major league baseball team, I, I, I would rather have this. And I think that, you know, you know, the, the recency bias on this makes people a little bit more upset on it. But if you go back through a couple of our other former managers, there were real more like baseball implication things that were a lot more suspect than what we're dealing with right now especially when you look at the standings where we're at. Obviously, the rest of the season has to unfold. Could he be detrimental? Can I eat my words on this show? Stay tuned to find out. But I think where we're at right now, there there were worse options that we could have went with that people would be a lot more upset about for actual reasons that are costing the team wins on the field than a little bit of discussion about what old school baseball and new school baseball meatheads and and go toe to toe on pay per view. That's fair. Like I said, don't want to beat a dead horse. Be smart. Try to keep the shit out of the media, so that the narrative surrounding your team is about the play and not about this bullshit. Because negative energy does affect shit. But that's where I'll I'll, I'll leave it. And um, you know, that's all I got. I, I, I do want to get into like how this game ended a little bit. Um, bummer. Again, like I said, in the beginning of the show was real bummer. He, uh, he, he didn't look so hot. Rough. Yeah, Just he, rough. Dude. Yeah, he, he looked rough. Hendricks ends up letting up that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He ends up letting up that hit, you know, in his game and it's over. So, you know, the Sox end up losing five to four in the bottom of the ninth twins bullpen, who I thought we were going to kind of get to, um, we didn't. <laughs> I, I the, the Twins bullpen kind of beat the shit out of us. I think they only let up one hit up against us, um, and and they did actually, um, and they struck us out fucking nine times. The bin, the the Twins bullpen. Um, so you know, hopefully they could rebound tomorrow. Um, and going into tomorrow, it's an early game tone, and we're gonna have Lucas. That means that that just means that Lucas Giolito is starting, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Lucas Giolito's on the mound. Um, I actually did some uh, stat diving uh, the other day. I can't remember. I was having a conversation with Mac uh, from Bad Guy Radio and uh, Showtime Socks on Twitter, um, and we were talking about you know Lucas Giolito day games, and I think he was like a three point eight six ERA and like. 12 or 13 starts or something like that. Um, obviously he was shellacked in the Boston one. Um, there was another one after that too, wasn't there that he didn't look too good in. And now here we are, um, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going to be going up against Matt showmaker. Uh, Lucas is two and four with a 4.97 ERA this season, 41, two third innings pitch. He's let up 36 hits. He struck out 50. He's let up eight long balls while walking 18 shoemaker two and four, 6.62 ERA. 
uh, 34 innings pitch, 37 hits, 23 strikeouts, and uh, 12 walks. He's let up 10 long balls. This game starts at 12.10 p.m. Central time, so not a quick turnaround for the White Sox here. To- or I'm sorry, a quick turnaround for the White Sox here tomorrow. Um, and then that's going to go into an off day on Thursday. So, you know, hopefully the Sox come out and take the series. Hopefully Lucas Giolito drinks some coffee and he can get himself, uh, you know, in, in the game. And uh, I know he said he tweeted out he's not a morning person. Well, it's it's time to either hit an energy drink or a coffee, my friend, because uh, we're coming off a loss here after a good outing by Lance Lynn that uh, unfortunately we couldn't capitalize on. Come out and get us the win. Uh, I, I just hope he gets a good night's sleep. If he's up listening to this show, he's doing the wrong thing. That's all. That's all I've got to say. A lot um, of negative energy. <laughs> lot, lot of negative energy would not be good for Lucas Giolito's start tomorrow. You know, you are all about that juju. Um, but dude, I, I just I, I want to see a change in in that narrative in particular. Uh, I think I have been rather harsh on Lucas Giolito on this show. I think I've been rather harsh on him his entire career. Um, but, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of tough love to get yourself where you need to be. Um, let's see it, man. He's the ace of the staff. This is the perfect position to have him in. The club faces so much adversity. We're the national spectacle right now. Number one in the power rankings in the MLB. We haven't even touched on that one. Uh, we do have a number, great article on that. On no, yes, we do. We do have a great article on that on ontapsportsbet.com. But I love this. I love the storylines, man. I'm a I'm a sucker for the drama because this shit should be a soap opera every single time. Lucas Giolito taking the mound tomorrow in a day game. It's not his forte. You've got all eyes. All eyes right now are on the White Sox. For better or for worse, all eyes are on the White Sox right now. And you've got your ace on the mound. It's time to show it. It's time to show it tomorrow. And I hope that Lucas Giolito right now is sound asleep in his bed, dreaming happy thoughts of mowing down Minnesota Twins because we know our guy, NWI Steve, wants nothing more than Lucas Giolito to just shove shit down their throats all day tomorrow. And that's what White Sox fans should be focused on right now, Buzz, is Lucas Giolito having a dominant performance. I want seven innings tomorrow, Buzz. I want the over and strikeouts to hit. I want the over. Let's take some overs tomorrow. Lucas Giolito over strikeouts. Bet Rivers. Let's do it. Well, I think what, it can happen. I, I hope it does. And if anybody's interested and you want to go bet at Bet Rivers, go to betrivers.com, use promo code on tap, and they will match up to $250 of your first deposit. So go check that out. Um, I did feel like a hypocrite a little bit because as much as I say I hate the drama, which I I, I you know I do. You know how it keeps me up. Like we were sitting there texting after the show, like, oh my Here, god. I'm here's the off. thing. I'm I'm I always I'm gonna, find I'm myself co- there. I'm gonna convert you real quick. Accept the drama in your I, life. I, Accept I, it because these are the storylines that drive everything behind this. If if it if it didn't have drama, if the baseball season did not have any drama to it, it would be boring as shit and there'd be nothing to talk about, and we would not have just gone an hour long. On a socks on tap post game. Did we go an hour? Yes, we are at an hour. So, <laughs> so accept the fact that drama is necessary to drive anything in life. That's that's why people tune into shows. That's why that's why movies are great. This is a movie. We're just dissecting it scene by scene. So, accept it. Yeah, the the wins come along the way. The drama is what gets talked about. 
And when you can overcome adversity, it's going to make it that much better when we're drinking a White Sox World Series victory beer, Buzz. That's what the goal is. I need that. I need that. Like, I need air to breathe. All right. Before we leave, uh, shout-outs. I have a shout-out. I'll give you a minute. Um, I know we've been picking those back up. I, I shout this guy out all the time, but I'm going to shout him out again. He's getting married, um, not this weekend, but next weekend, and that's Jordan Miller. So I want to shout out Jordan Miller, Alex Root as well. Congrats to Jordan there. Yeah, I want to shout out Jordan Miller and Alex Root as well. Just, uh, you know, two awesome guys that I get to talk a lot of baseball with on a consistent basis. So I want to shout those guys out real quick. You got one? Yeah, I'll shout shout out Duke Coughlin, one of our uh, on-tap guys. I've been uh, texting back and forth with him throughout this game. I, I love some of the opinions. I think he's got a pretty good article coming up for on tap sportsnet.com as well. Uh-oh. Duke Duke's a good, good baseball mind to talk to during some of these games, trying to switch it up there. I know he's a football guy. You know, he's if we're going to do, if we're going to do some shameless plugs here, bears on tap, you can find him over there. Uh, given some of the same type of fire for the uh, for the Chicago Bears uh, stuff that we got going on at ONTAP Sportsnet. So shout out, Duke. I can't wait to see that thing released. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Picks to click, and then we'll ride on out here. Picks to click tomorrow. I'm going to actually go with Lucas Giolito. I know we don't pick pitchers very often, Ooh. but I'm going to go Lucas Giolito tomorrow, man. I, I feel like all of this uh, negative energy, hopefully he can harness it and turn it into positive energy, put that into his fastball, into his breaking ball. And, and make some good shit happen. So I'm going to go Lucas Giolito for my pick to click tomorrow. He's going to mow down the twins. So one thing I got to say before this, and I know Tony Twista hasn't been around in a little while, but I did talk to him today, and there is a chance that this thing gets rained out. So my first pick to click is Mother Nature for sparing us because the White Sox need to play this game, um, especially for just this, just the health and sanity of everybody in White Sox Twitter. This game today felt like it took forever to get to because of all of the discussion around some of this stuff. And the the more games we play and the more games we win, this stuff will start to fade away. Winning does cure everything. And I think that that's something that you can agree with buds. The White Sox go on a seven game winning streak after this. Nobody's going to fucking remember the Yerman Mercedes, Tony La Russa spat, especially in the clubhouse because the vibes are going to be great. The juju is going to be good, as you say. And as and if I want to put it in Johnny's term, levels is going to hit different if the White Sox go and rattle off seven in a row after that. I can promise you that. We've seen it happen once already with this team. So second pick to click. If I can't take Lucas Giolito because you already took him. We'll put, we'll put Mother Nature in parentheses. And Mother Nature. Yeah. But I want to see another big game out of Nick Madrigal. I'm becoming yeah. a very big Nick Madrigal fan. I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I'm becoming a very that. big Nick Madrigal fan. And if I do just want to go to Socks on Tap Confessions here for just a little while, I, I didn't like the draft pick, but I like Nick Madrigal as a ball player. He, I can relate to him. I was a second baseman. I wore number one because I was always the smallest guy on the team. I couldn't hit for power. I've never hit a ball over the fence. White Sox Twitter come roast me alive. But I hit for contact, and that was my game when I played baseball. So closet Nick Madrigal guy, but you got to stick with some of your takes. I don't think that was a great draft pick, but I love Nick Madrigal as a player. So I'm going Nicky Sticks tomorrow. I'm joining the club. Let's go. I love seeing the. I love seeing him hitting his first home run. It had to be a great moment for him. And some of that got lost 
and and I want to just take the time to talk about it. Some of the Nick Madrigal hitting his first career home run has been completely lost in all of this. And I thought that when Nick Madrigal hit his first major league career home run, it would be the talk of the town for weeks. And I feel bad for Nick Madrigal because he, he should be celebrated for what he's done this series and thus far, so far this season. Yeah, totally fair. Totally fair. Well, I mean, you got anything else, man, or are we ready to ride out here? I've got nothing else. I just got to finish this beer, and then it's uh, it's time for bed, and we'll do this all again tomorrow. Uh, absolutely. Everybody be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap at ontapsportsnet. Five-star rating and review anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to us. Check out Grandstand. If you're at the ballpark, stop by Grandstand. Or go to grandstandsocks.com. Follow them on socials at Grandstand Socks. Get all your White Sox gear there. We'll be back tomorrow, weather permitting. If the White Sox get this game in against the Twins, White Sox forever. White Sox forever, Buzz. Cheers.